In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When I first started observing the Lenten fast and teaching others to do the same, I encountered an objection. People would say, I think it's more important to do something positive than it is to fast. Bodily negation was eschewed in favor of doing something good. The objection is sort of a half-truth. It is, in fact, quite necessary to disturb our comfortable patterns of behavior by self-denial to make room for positive growth. Nonetheless, it is half-true. We must indeed aim at positive change. If we want to put to death wrongly ordered desire by fasting and confession, we must consider what will take root in its place, lest sin confessed be replaced by more sin. For nature abhors a vacuum. This is the essential point being made by today's gospel. The witnesses to the exorcism focused on the departure of the unclean spirit. Jesus pointed out that the departed spirit leaves a void that may well be filled by a greater evil unless it is filled by good. The essential transaction of the Christian life is that we remove evil through confession and self-denial and fill the resulting void with Christ in the form of what we call the virtues. Thus, 2 Peter exhorts us to be diligent to, quote, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, they leave you neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even blind, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. When we pray that the Lenten fast will be fruitful, we mean precisely that these virtues, Christ-like qualities, and fruits of the Spirit will be produced in us. We uproot weeds and break up the soil through fasting in order to make room for the growth of the good plant. Sin is a failure to love. We confess that we have failed to love so that we might learn to love more. Let's consider an example. This week's epistle mentions fornication again. Our culture typically thinks of sex in terms of personal pleasure. Thus, people think that to possess the virtue of chastity means to deny oneself something good with no particularly positive benefit to be gained for it. But fornication is wrong because it is a failure to love. It is to use another for one's own end, without regard for the good of the other. 
To be chaste is to love. It is to respect the image of God in another and control one's desires so as to love and seek the good of the other person. Our culture tends to see the moral teachings of the Bible as rules designed to thwart human fulfillment because the devil has done a pretty good job of indoctrinating our culture. The truth is that virtue and obedience are the pathway to a more fulfilling life. The law of God is meant to order our lives the same way the word of God orders the entire universe. Psalm 19 says, quote, The law of the Lord is an undefiled law, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and giveth wisdom unto the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and giveth light unto the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endureth forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant taught, and in keeping of them there is great reward. As we cultivate virtues that lead us to habitually obey God's law, principally the law of love, the result is an increased sense of order, beauty, and peace in our lives. Conversely, when our lives are governed by our fallen nature, the result is disorder, turmoil, ugliness, sadness, and hatred. Consider again the issue of sexual morality. What if, for the last 60 years, everyone in our culture had followed God's law, calling for abstinence outside of marriage and faithfulness within it? Think of the social ills, cultural chaos, and personal pain that would have been eliminated simply by doing what God says to do. There would be no epidemic of fatherlessness and no welfare state, and there would be a lot less heartache, pain, and misery. Think of your own life for a minute. Would you be better off right now if you had always obeyed God's law and done God's will? Is it not true that our current discontent results from our lack of faith, hope, and love? Our lack of self-control, patience, kindness, fortitude, or some other virtue? This is why as we consider how to make a good confession during Lent, we must also consider what the positive change we desire looks like. We must name our sin, but we must also name our desired virtue. We must confess and remove the evil, but we must also begin to plant and practice the good. Nature abhors a vacuum. Sin not replaced with holiness 
will be replaced with another more insidious sin. This is one reason religious people can become self-righteous. Certain obvious sins of the flesh can be removed so that we look outwardly good. However, in their place, more insidious and subtle spiritual sins can take root, such as pride, envy, covetousness, and anger. Once we name the virtue that stands opposite of our sin, we must ask God to give it to us. We cannot become virtuous merely by our own efforts any more than we can earn forgiveness by our works. We can pray, Lord, increase in me the gifts of faith, hope, and love. Give me humility, generosity, contentment, self-control, and patience. And then we can begin to practice these things by grace. We can look for opportunities to give where we have been selfish, to be patient where we have been impatient, to be humble where our actions and attitudes have been infected by pride, to be self-controlled where we have allowed ourselves to be controlled by our desires. We experience the power of prayer in the pursuit of holiness. St. John writes, quote, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Sometimes we don't know if what we pray for is God's will. However, we know for sure that it is God's will for us to grow in faith, in hope, in love, and in perseverance, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, and peace. Thus, as we learn during Lent to make a good confession, let us also learn to pray for the virtues that we will begin to practice instead. As Jesus said, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.